Okay, y'all, welcome, welcome, welcome to the official first episode. I wanted to do like an introduction episode to show you who I am, what I'm about, because whenever I listen to a podcast, I want to know like, who are these people? Where do they come from? How do they get to where they are now? And I love podcasts. I've been a listener for almost 10 years, and I think it's just like such an incredible way for others to share their gifts and ideas and to attract their tribe. And I, to be 100% honest, don't exactly know where my tribe is. Like I feel a little bit conflicted in, in my space because I'm not crunchy enough for the granola types, but I have a pretty deep spiritual practice. You know, I still love hip hop and rap and reggaeton and I will pump those tunes like while I'm getting ready to go do a sound healing. And I just don't believe that to be spiritual these days, you have to dress in white linen 24 seven and never put somebody in their fucking place when you get disrespected. But at the same time, you know, I love all humans. I love all creatures and I have a huge heart. I just don't want to do any gardening. Okay. That's it. (laughs) So I'm a double Pisces, Virgo rising. In human design, I am a manifester for six. If you're into that type of thing. Um, and I'm just going to start at the beginning. I grew up like in a really big family with lots of extended brothers and sisters who are my, they're my everything. We had like a pretty ragtag group <laughs> in the family. I feel like we're always kind of the, the feral house on the block, but our parents were so incredible. And, you know, when you become a parent yourself, you realize like they were just doing their best and they did, they did awesome. And you know, it was always a really big household of kids and extended family members. And, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, we were not raised, raised with like any religious doctrine, but rather more of a spiritual one. Um, and I think our parents were really the, the first to start to teach us about energy and the universe and manifestation and asking for what you want from the universe and asking for guidance and, you know, spirits and all those things that are with us. And, you know, sometimes as a little kid, it would be like a little bit freaky when we would start to talk about, you know, the demons and the entities and the good and the bad. But, but now it's, it's just kind of who shaped us. Um, and so we were raised as teenagers in the Okanagan, which is, if you're not from Canada or you're not from BC, it is in the interior of British Columbia. It's like Lake country, wine country. Um, and before that we were coastal people. And so our parents moved us to the Okanagan when I was, I was about six and that really shaped, you know, a large part of who I became in, in high school and my early twenties. Um, if you are not familiar with the Okanagan, it can also be known as the Coconagan. (laughs) And I took my first line at age 16 and I remember, before that, I snuck into the movie Blow with one of my friends. And when we left the theater, we were totally enraptured by this movie of like money and sex and drugs and glamour. And we were like, man, we got to get us some of that stuff. And I think the the end of the movie where he loses it all and he has no relationship with his daughter and he's like locked up for years is kind of lost on us. But that really started my drug culture. And I'm just speaking about this because it was a really big part of my life for so long, you know, and 
now as I become a parent, I realize how hard it must have been on my parents to watch me go through that. And this was before the days of fentanyl. This was before things got so heavy here in Canada and in North America. Um, but yeah, really from age 16 till 31, I used almost every day. And I left Canada in 2018 um, when fentanyl was was sort of arriving on the scene. I remember hearing sort of, you know, whispers of bad drugs going around and I always worked in the hospitality industry. And so, you know, drugs and alcohol run rampant and that was just how it was. But then things started to kind of take like a really darker, heavy tone. It wasn't really so much fun anymore. And, and I remember people started to carry the naloxone kits and it just started to feel like really heavy. And so, yeah, I left Canada in 2018 and I, got a one-way ticket and a work visa to New Zealand and fentanyl wasn't really a thing there it was more just the party drugs it was like MDMA and ketamine I know a couple guys who were into ice but that wasn't really my thing and so the last time I ever took a line of coke was and I remember this was May 10th 2019 in Argentina and we had a bag left over from the night before and we finished it all before we got on the plane and as somebody who already has like crippling anxiety when I fly you can imagine how I felt getting on the plane high as fuck no no bueno it was not a good idea anyways that was my very last line ever and so I guess I live in New Zealand for about three years and I love New Zealand I have friends there that are family for my life and I initially actually stopped New Zealand in 2014 on a layover to Australia and I was only in the airport for a couple hours, but I stepped through international arrivals. And if you've ever been to Auckland International, you'll, you know, they have these like gorgeous Maori totem poles and this music playing. And, and I just remember I just started crying like immediately. Like I was just like, wow, this country has like such a hold on me. And there was just like such an energetic draw. And so, so yeah, in 2018, after I lost my, my dad really suddenly and I left my eight year long relationship that I had, I went on retreat in California and then I, I journeyed to New Zealand with a one-way ticket and I landed on Wahiki Island, which is a 20-minute ferry ride from Auckland um, and it's just total paradise and I stayed there for almost three years. Um, I met my husband and the father of my amazing daughter, Luna. I got pregnant in November of 2019, which of course sobered me up that day. Um, but I think that I had really been calling her in, you know, I... I knew I was going to have a daughter and the second that I laid eyes on her dad, I knew like I just had to procreate with that person <laughs> and procreate we did. And so we made this incredible little person, our daughter Luna, and she is the absolute light of our lives. Um, and so she was born July of 2020. Um, and we all know what happened in March of 2020. It was fucking chaos. We were living on an island full of backpackers. You know, the winery that we both worked at was 80% foreign workers. I was working as a waitress. My husband was working in the kitchen. We didn't know if we would have jobs. We didn't know if we could pay our rent. We didn't know where we should have the baby. You know, Felix is from Argentina. I'm from Canada. We didn't even know if we could be in the same country as each other if we left New Zealand. And people didn't want to leave. People didn't want to go home. Everybody wanted to stay in New Zealand and and wanted to stay in their lives that they had had made. And 
you know, it was so devastating and was really heavy. And the employers that we had didn't know if they could keep all of us. And so, you know, people were so worried. Flights were being canceled all the time. A lot of people caved and just left, went back home and we managed to stay. We really made the choice like we we just love it here and we want to have a baby here and and we managed to stay and you know the country shut down for six weeks um and luckily like living on Waikiki it's a tiny island and we were shut off from the city and shut off from the rest of the country but you know we lived right by the beach and it was actually really peaceful I mean I was pregnant so I just really hunkered down and did yoga and read my books and walks and the rest of the house kind of <laughs> drank the the lockdown away. Um, but we got through it. But yeah, it was it was a very strange time. Very strange time. Um, and then some, things kind of returned to semi-normal after the New Zealand lockdown. But, um, you know, we were so shut off from the rest of the world as well that I think we just, it was probably the perfect country to be in, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, but in that time, you know, my pregnancy kind of ticked along and I was totally healthy. I had a super easy pregnancy. I had refused to have a GP because I really wanted to have a natural home birth and I didn't want to have anything to do with the hospital. So I had midwives coming to the home um, and my belly was very small. Like it was concerningly small, but I knew my baby was super happy and super healthy. Um, I just had a really active pregnancy and... Luna's father is Latin. They're not, you know, big people. You know, they generally have like delicate features. And and I just contributed to that. And I kind of refused to go get like a deeper medical check. And when I was around six months pregnant, I noticed that there was like a scab on my left nipple that didn't seem to be healing. And I thought it was just from like my daily swims in the ocean because I would go topless swimming and the New Zealand sun of course is so strong you know there's a hole right over the fucking ozone but I just didn't assume that it was anything bad and and I asked the midwives about it and they said that it was nothing um and so I assumed that it wasn't and so my pregnancy kind of ticked along and you know I was I worked up until I was like two weeks before my due date I did yoga and went to the gym and everything was totally perfect and then um I went over my due date and was sent to get an ultrasound and there was no, very little fluid in the ambiotic sac. So we were rushed to the hospital um, to induce labor and it ended up being, yeah, there for about 24 hours and then I ended up getting a C-section that was a little bit botched. Like they went to go freeze my belly, they didn't freeze me properly. I could feel them when they started the incision. So they had to stop everything and start again. And, you know, we didn't think that we were coming over to have a baby. I remember I had even taken some chicken out of the freezer that day. And because we lived on Wahiki Island, you know, it wasn't so easy. We couldn't, we didn't even grab an overnight bag, but there we were in the hospital and Luna was delivered um, via C-section July 28th. And then we brought her home shortly after that. And, you know, some of my happiest moments that I can recall are after bringing her home and, you know, I wake up super early with her to breastfeed. And we lived in this house that was on the top of a hill on Waiheke and across the water, you could see the lights of Auckland. 
And I remember so many times just sitting in my chair and breastfeeding with her while it was still dark and just watching the, the lights and watching the sun come up over the water. And it was just so incredible. Um, and about six weeks after she was born, I remember feeling down on my breast because I was really worried about mastitis all the time. And I felt a small bump on my left side. And again, I was reassured by the midwives, like it was nothing. And shortly after that, we had decided to, to leave New Zealand and, you know, we wanted to have a change. And my sister lived in Australia and she is a resident there and she owns a business with her husband. So we decided to pack everything up, go across the ocean, start a new adventure. And so we got married on January 11th, 2021. We left on January 21st for New Zealand. Um, and we were there for about a month. And I turned 34 on February 27th. And then about three weeks after that, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And um I mean, of course, it was shocking. I just had my birthday. My baby had just turned six months. We had just packed up our entire lives and moved across the ocean to a new country in the middle of the pandemic. And then it was like, okay, now we had to make a big decision. I really didn't want to go back to Canada, you know, and we tried everything to to try and get the, the care there, but it would have been astronomical. Um, money wise, and it just didn't make any sense. And so we had to return to Canada and me and Luna had to go quite promptly because we still had to wait for my husband's visitor visa to be approved for him to even enter Canada. So we left Australia at the end of March and I hadn't been home in three years, you know, arrived, flew into Vancouver. It was end of March. So it was a super gray, cold day. You know, we had to do the quarantine for three days at a hotel, me and Luna. And then my brother picked me up and I remember just like, I just couldn't believe that I wasn't back in Canada. I could not believe it. I missed everything, you know, it was like, I just couldn't fucking believe it. It was so wild. And, and coming back in, in mid pandemic where things were not like that when we were living in New Zealand, you know, things were pretty much life as normal, but coming back to Canada where it was like, all the masks and I barely, you know, saw any of my family and people were really sticking to themselves. It was just a really different scene. It was so interesting. Um, and so I had to do the further two weeks quarantine. And then after that, I, I entered treatment. And so I did six months of chemo. I had surgery and radiation. And during that time, I was just so determined to live my life as normal as possible. And I don't want to make this like the breast cancer episode because I will do a full one where it's like really dives deep into it, but just, um, this is just a little taste <laughs> and I really just, yeah, I refused to like really give in to the fact that, that it was going to take me down. So I went back to work with my bald head and, you know, I mean, I had my port in, so it was very obvious that. I was going through some shit, but I decided that I didn't want to just let it take me down. So with that mindset, I really feel like I was able to live a life as normal as possible in those circumstances. And, and that I did, you know, I really, really tried and I, I needed for Luna, you know, to get up every day. It didn't matter if I felt like shit, I didn't want to get up. It was like, I had a baby and she needed things and the world keeps ticking and that's just kind of how it is. Um, and so I officially 
ended treatment in February of 2022. And then I did another six months of immunotherapy. Um, and during radiation, I co-created and launched my first company, Pacha Powder Organics. So it's superfood lattes and ceremonial cacao. And that really changed my life as well. And there's a legend that says that mama cacao will enter your life when you are ready. And I feel so honored that she did. You know, it's a powerful plant medicine. It's something that I work with almost every day. Um, and in that time, I also began microdosing mushrooms, which has really opened me up like not only spiritually, but also physically. Physically, I almost feel like more because my body and my hormones and, you know, my sex drive took a huge hit when I was going through treatment. And it's one thing to have like body after baby, but it's something entirely different to have body after baby and then cancer. And I think that I really like lost my way for a long time. And I felt really out of my body and I felt really out of touch. And I think that microdosing has really restored that love for myself and and for pleasure, which I think is everybody's right to have. And after my last surgery, I just had one in January. I had a mastectomy on my left side in October of 2021. And I had a mastectomy on my right side, just as precautionary, um, in January of this year, 2023. And... I experienced sound healing almost every day, like I played my crystal bowls. Um, I did my microdosing in cacao. I pleasured, which releases, you know, the feel-good chemicals throughout the body. And I kept my mindset that I am healed. And I really feel like this did enable me to heal in a very, very fast and efficient way. And... So much of my coaching practice is about the body, you know, it's, it's mindset, but it's also the body because it's, it's interchangeable. It's one. So it's like, how can a woman come into her body? How can she get to know her body? How can she love her body? It honestly breaks my heart when I see or hear a woman who isn't in love with themselves because of the pressure that society has put on us. Um, and we are all perfect in our own ways. You know, we just have to tap into that sense. And that brings me to my three core beliefs which are, here we go, number one, ease, pleasure, abundance, and joy are our absolute birthrights. Okay, number two, women are naturally dualistic creatures. Embrace your wildness, your softness, your strength, and the juiciness that makes you a badass female. And that's really what my name, the soft force, implies. Like it's a woman, a soft force is a woman who is in her she is in her everything. Like a woman is soft and gentle and beautiful, but if you fuck around with her, like she's going to put you straight, you know? (laughs) Number three, we are co-creators with the universe. With intention and awareness, we have the innate ability to manifest our visions to reality. And so this is really me in a little bit of a nutshell. It's a little bit of my story. I have so many and I'm going to share almost all of them with you. And I'm going to interview incredible people and I'm going to call in my tribe. And thank you so much for listening. I feel like as an entrepreneur, it's, it can be so scary, you know, when you step into something, but for me, it's like, I don't have a choice. I'm all in. My other choice is to just clock in to a job from nine to five and then clock out and go home. But that's just not for me. That's just not for me. And I, I've always known that. And I know that there's so many people out there that are the same. And I'm so excited for this time that we have right now in history, because I feel like now more than ever, after the pandemic, more and more people are just going for their dreams, like all in, like now is the fucking time. 
because nobody wants to live a life where it's sort of mediocre. You know, we all want to go for it. Even if there's a little part of you that doesn't think so, it's like life is meant to be lived. Life is meant to be grabbed. So thank you for tuning in. I'm going to ring us out to the sound of one of my crystal bowls, which is tuned to the throat chakra, which is our voice and our expression. So until next time, blessed be my friends.